Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I am going to speak purposefully, and I want you to listen on purpose. I'm going to be preaching out of some verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 this morning. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, you can do that. All these verses will be on the screen this morning. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, the Bible says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness how can light live with darkness what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever and what union can there be between God's temple and idols for we are the temple of the living God as God said I will live in them And walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, We Must Be Different. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for being holy other. Thank you for being better and beyond everything we could imagine, God. Thank you for your word, which is truth. And I pray that you would anoint me now to say only the things that would honor you, God. I pray that you'd fill my mouth with your words and give us ears to hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I get into the text, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, uh, you probably are well aware that we are in the craziest times as a country that we've had in any of our lifetimes. We are under uh, civil unrest. We are under city siege. We are uh, we, the world has gone upside down. Uh, uh, you, you've been in law enforcement for a long time. Uh, could you imagine a world without a country without a police department? My, my, my. We've got people saying to abolish police departments. Uh, listen, I'm not saying all cops are good. Uh, certainly they are not. All, all preachers ain't good. All church members ain't good. But you just you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We, we're in a world where they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're, we're, we're in a world with, 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 with a pandemic. Uh, that, that, that flattened out, now spiking back, going to flatten out again. But our nation, I believe, with all of my heart, is on a fast track to destruction. And there are people who would sit back and say, no, Pastor, not America. This is America. God would never let America fall apart. Why not? Every other empire in the history of the world fell apart. We're the longest standing nation in the history of the world occupying under one founding document. And, and, and the Medes fell apart, the Persians fell apart, the Romans fell apart. They just disbanded, went away, was replaced with something else. And I'm telling you, our nation is in trouble. 
and there are voices popping up trying to give the answer over here and the answer over there. And, and I'll tell you what I uh, said about the pandemic. It's true with all this civil unrest. People are trying to offer solutions and answer questions that are far beyond their pay grade. They don't have the answer. Uh, I told y'all, I, I never liked that dude, the little skinny dude, the white dude coming on TV all the time named Fauci. Didn't like him. He, he, he said, go to Disney World, don't go to Disney World, go on a cruise, don't go on a cruise, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Uh, he, 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 uh, but, but now I find myself feeling sorry for him because he was on TV 23 and a half hours a day uh, until George Floyd died, and, and my man ain't had a snippet of television since then. The coronavirus just went away overnight, and every one of these political leaders, politicians that were saying, don't go to church, don't have funerals, don't do this, don't, don't, don't go, gather in mass, don't have a barbecue in your backyard with more than two people. Now, now they're the same ones saying, get out there and march shoulder to shoulder and protest where people are screaming at the top of their lungs. These are people sending a mixed message, and I want you to know that the message of God is clear. And it's incumbent on us that we look to the right place for the right answer. If you want an Egg McMuffin, you cannot get one at Burger King. Can't do it. You got to go to the right place to get the thing that you want. If you know what you want, and as believers, we ought to want the word of the Lord. Amen? I'm going to tell you this morning, the answer to the problems facing the world right now will not be found in anger, violence, or revenge. It's not the way. It, it, it is not the way. And we're going to see what the Word of the Lord has to say in it. We're in a time right now, even though it's the worst time that I've seen in my 56, be 57 this summer, years on this planet, it's not all that different from thousands of years ago because in Judges 17, 6, the Bible says in those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And we're living in a world right now where people just want to do what they think is right in their own eyes. But I want to remind all the children of God in the world today that God has not left us to our own devices. God has not left us to our own imaginations, our own wishes, our own desires, our own thoughts of what is right and what is wrong. He has given us a clear and a solid and a sure word in His Holy Scripture. And this is where to find the answer to the problems that are before us. Let's, let's look in our text. We'll talk about it for a minute. Uh, first, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can, a how can righteousness be partnered with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? It is amazing that God, and it's just how God does. If you've been in Christ any length of time, you, you see how God lines things up. Uh, but as God put this passage of Scripture on my heart to preach about this week, last night uh, I saw a video that was about four days old, uh, pastor of one of the largest churches in Jacksonville, um, went on and, and made a post that said it's, and, and I've already planned on preaching this, and I thought, wow, what, what a sure word this is. Went on Facebook Live, thousands of followers, and said that we need to partner up 
with the people that know how to get things done, and it's time for the church to set aside um, our concern about whether they cuss more or what they smoke in their car and, and get together with Killer Mike and T.I. and get some things done. And here's the thing. I saw eight people that have been in this building as recently as two last two weeks comment and saying, yes, sir, preach, Bishop. And I'm thinking, we're going to partner up with the world and take leadership from them on how to solve a problem in God's planet. Anybody seeing a mixed message here? Anybody seeing this ain't the way to go? Listen, if you were raised by a good mother, grandmother, auntie, whoever, father, uncle, grandfather, you, you, you should have been told it don't matter how the Joneses do it. We're Johnsons. We do it the Johnson way. We, it shouldn't matter how everybody else is doing something, whether they're having success, failure, or different. We need to be Christian and do it the Christian way. God has not left us in the dark. We are the most blessed group of people on the planet. Do you know the people that followed God in the Old Testament didn't have a Bible with words in black to read and to know exactly what to do? You realize that the first century church didn't have all this revelation that we have right now? We've got the completed canon of God. We've got all the words God wants us to have. And we, we, we got more education now than any other group of people in the history of the world. We need to know better. And if you know better, you need to do better. He said, don't team up with those who are unbelievers, period. I've been telling you for years, pay attention to the punctuation when you read. When you read, pay attention to the punctuation. It will give you time to pause and reflect, to take the Scripture in bite-sized pieces and get it down in your spirit. Now, I don't have to go to the Greek rendering of this verse. I don't have to pull out any lexicon or any Thayer's dictionary. I don't have to go to any unabridged definition to, to let you figure out what it means when it says don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Can we figure that out? Can, can, are, are we Bible scholars enough? Are we deep enough that we can understand what the Word says without having to try to twist it to fit our own means? He said, how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? We talked about rhetorical questions Wednesday night at Bundle Life University Bible study. We talked a lot about rhetorical questions. And the rhetorical question, and I know you know, but I'm going to tell you anyway, it, it, it's a question where the answer is so obviously implied you're supposed to know the answer already. The answer's not given. The, the, the person asking it just, that's like when your mama says, do you want me to knock your head off? Might be fun. Let's give it a shot. No, that's not the answer. If, if, if your mama looks at you and says, do you think I'm stupid? No matter what flashes in your mind right then, don't go with yes. Okay? The Bible uses a lot of rhetorical questions. And the answer here is that righteousness cannot partner with wickedness. How can light live with darkness? Now, I'm going to tell you, this is the only bottled water I drink. If I go to a store and I, because I want to get some water and they got Aquafina, I, I wouldn't wash my hands with Aquafina. Or Dasani 
or any of that other stuff. I, I did get by one time in the mountains with a, what is that, Nestle's Pure. I made, I, made, I made a case with that. But this is the, I drink Zephyr Hills water all the time. I have cases in my house. I have cases in my office. I drink Zephyr Hills water. Now, I'm becoming less and less a fan because, you bit, I mean, it's just so thin plastic. Uh, but that's the water I drink. That's the water of choice. That's the water that tastes best to me. Now, that's 16.9 ounces of water. I believe it's clean. Probably no better than tap water. They probably just poured it out of tap somewhere and slapped, you know, Zephyr Hills on it. But, you know, I'm a statriot. I love Florida, and that's in Florida, so that's what I started drinking, and I got a taste for it. But I think it's clean. Here's the reality, though. You only have to put not even one drop. You put half a drop of sewage in it, and it's no more good for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? You put... Just you put a fraction of a drop of poop in it. And like, it's mostly good. Go on and drink it. This is 99% good. Go on and it. One drop. Now, see, Michael told the truth in a lot of things. Uh, he said, the, 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 the same man that told the truth when he said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. That's what needs to happen. So that was true. But if you go back 20 years behind that, and, uh, and I'm not advocating worldly music. I'm just telling you my own story. Uh, I saw the Jackson 5 uh, in 1974 in the Scope Auditorium in Virginia, and the Commodores opened for them. A, the Commodores blew them out. Uh, seriously, I, man, that, 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 that concert opened up. You are now entering the land of the Commodore. <laughs> but if you, if you go back to, to that level with, with, with little Michael, he told us a big lie. If it's reaching spirituality now it's true in what he said but how many, how many of y'all remember when he said one bad apple don't what girl y'all left out girl noel noel you don't remember that shit one bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch girl i don't care what they say i don't care what you have one bad apple Listen, you got a fruit bowl and there's only one apple bad, you don't have to throw all of them away. So that's, that's true. But in spiritual matters, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You get a little bit of wrong in it, you're all the way out of gas. You cannot take righteousness and mix it with the tiniest, tiniest piece of unrighteousness and it still be righteous. It all becomes Sewage water. Now, if you disagree with me, we, we, we got, we got a, a septic system out back that overflows sometime. And it's been raining a lot. And if you disagree with me, I'll give you a bottle of my Zephyr Hills water. And I will put uh, as, as small a spoonful of sewage in it as you want. And I think you will agree. One bad apple might not spoil a whole bunch gear. One little drop of that sludge, 
One drop of unrighteousness takes the whole thing in an unacceptable category for God. See, here's the problem. We have forgotten or we never learned how high the holiness of God is. We have dumbed down God. We have dumbed down church. We have dumbed down holiness. We have dumbed down what is acceptable because we know what. Listen, and, and I, take, I, I take blame in my own life as a pastor. And pastors have led the way into this demise of holiness by the lives that we have lived. Grandmama's generation did not live that way. They were not perfect, but they sure didn't tolerate what's happening right now. And we've got to find holiness again. And holiness is not holy based on, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. At least I don't do such and such. Well, I, 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 you know, I'm doing better than thus and thus. No, Jesus is the standard. And the holiness of God is extreme. And we've tried to mix unrighteousness with righteousness, and we've ended up with foolishness. He said, how can light live with darkness? If you study the Scripture at all, you see these uh, figurative metaphorical comparisons of light and dark. I love baseball more than any other sport. I grew up playing baseball among other sports, but I just love baseball. It's the most, to me, it's the most majestic, poetic. Uh, just, it's, it's just, uh, I love that line in that movie. How can, how can you not be romantic about baseball? I mean, it, it just, and when, when you're in a stadium, and you see, and it's football the same way, you see the big lights come on, and you just watch. It's like a, a wave of darkness just runs away. And the, and the light just chases the darkness out of the stadium till it's just all lit up. And light is designed to overcome darkness. Light and dark don't exist in the same space. And we've tried to mix light and dark, righteous and unrighteous, believer and unbeliever. We filled our churches with too many unsaved people in the name of evangelism. Now, I want unsaved people in the church. I wish every unsaved person on the west side of Jacksonville would be here today to hear the truth. But we're not, uh, there's a movement out that's been out for the last 20 years, the seeker-sensitive movement that says you ought to design your service with the unsaved person in mind and make it appealing to them. I, the only person I care about appealing to in our service and making this service appealing to is the Most High God. We gather together for Him. Now, we want to see people get saved, and we open up to anybody. We, we open up to hookers, whores, drug dealers. We, we, we got some of everybody uh, in our church. And, but listen, you don't stay that way. I want to see every drug dealer. I want to see every gangbanger. I want to see every black uh, panther, new black panther, black militant. I, I want to see every racist and Klan member and redneck. I want to see every backwards hillbilly and God-hating, devil-worshipping individual come to salvation. But when we just let them sit in our churches and affect us more than the Word of God is affecting them, there's a problem with that. The light's not chasing the darkness out. 
We, 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 sing, we used to sing this great song uh, that said, just as I am, I come. And, and that's the only way you can come. And I want everybody to come to Jesus just as you are. But when you come to Jesus just as you are, you're not supposed to stay as you are. You're supposed to grow in righteousness. Verse 15 says, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? We got Christians. I'm seeing people that I know, former members of this church, in the middle of riots, on camera, putting in a, listen, if you're going to do something stupid, don't put it on your own social media. Leave that up to the haters to catch that. I know Jake remembers. How about when A.B. put that foolishness? He was out there cussing out cops and, 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 and his baby mama on his own. And he's like, y'all see? And he, he's acting a fool and putting it on his own Twitter. I'm like, that's not the way, Antonio. You got to, you got to check that. But see members out there partnering in rebellion and calling it justice. Joining in with the cause. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that there should be a strong social justice message in every church in America. And I believe that we ought to pray and fast and stand together until righteousness rains down and floods the entire earth and to where there is equality in this nation finally. We, we, we are all in this nation together and it needs to be uh, an equal system for everybody, and it hasn't been an equal system for everybody. It didn't start as an equal system. And listen, I'm a, it don't matter how many laws they pass and who's in charge. You cannot legislate evil heart. What are we going to do, outlaw it? We're we going to try to force people to be better human beings? Listen, the church, if the church would follow the steps of Jesus... The world would change in lockstep with us. It's not the politician's job to fix this. It's, it, it, this is God's business. We can't partner with the world. We can't get involved in worldly means to, to, to accomplish godly purpose. Verse 16 says, What union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we're the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. I need every Christian in the room to understand this. You carry the Spirit of God inside you. Everywhere you go, you are the, 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 the vehicle that ushers the presence of God into your home, into your job, into your school, into your community, into the marketplace. You carry God's Spirit with you. Don't mix it. With unrighteousness. Don't grieve the Spirit of God on the inside. Verse 18 says, And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters. There's not enough hours in the day for me to try to preach long enough to get you to understand how great it is for God to call you his child. You want to see something special? I've seen this with my own eyes. You want to see something special? And, and, and uh, I, I'm sure Mike and Kari could testify to this uh, better, better than anybody. Uh, I hope you've seen it in, in your own life. You take a child. They, they, they foster 311 children. Uh, not all at the same time. Uh, but 
you take a child who has just wanted love, wanted acceptance, wanted family, wanted to belong, wanted to be a part, and you put them in a family and you let them call you mama or daddy, they're going to say that a bunch. They're going, do they do that? It's just mama, 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 daddy, 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 daddy. They like saying it. Why? Because they understand how awesome it is. Didn't have a daddy. Now can say daddy to somebody and get a hug. Didn't have a mama. Now can say mama to somebody and get some love. I think that we have let go of the greatness that it is that God Almighty, the creator of everything there is, calls us his children and we can call him daddy. We don't deserve to be in his family. We, we didn't do anything good enough to get a seat at the table, but he has prepared a seat at the table for us. And he said, you'll be my sons and daughters. There's nothing better than that. As happens to small children, it's happened to Christians, small kids, not all of them. Mine did. They doubt me now. I ain't backed up on it, though. I don't know how it got started, but little children typically think, my mama better than your mama, and my daddy beats your daddy up. And I don't know how they started it. Might have been some, you know, something their mama put in their head, but I don't know. But some kind of way, it became a thing in my house that I could fly. I never deny, I don't deny it today. Hey, I'm like the t-shirt. Saw a t-shirt one time and said, I'm not saying I'm Batman. I'm just saying you never seen me and Batman in the same room. Now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I can't, I'm not telling you I can't, but it became a thing. But finally, Seth got old enough and he said, Dad. Can you fly? I said, you questioning me, son? Don't question me in my own house. I put a lock on the refrigerator. He said, I'm not questioning you, Dad, but yeah, go ahead and do it. I want to see you fly. And so I told him, I said, well, that's the funny thing about flying, son. I can only fly at night when nobody's watching. How are you going to argue with that? Now, that type of my daddy can do anything. My daddy's faster than your daddy. My daddy beat your daddy up. My, dad, my, my daddy, uh, I don't know which one it was. But, uh, I, I think it was Seth. Seth told somebody uh, there, there was his family living on the river in, in a $4 million house. Um, and, 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 and the father was an anesthesiologist and, and, and the wife was a brain surgeon. And, and one of my kids said, my daddy makes more money than yours. Because my daddy's a pastor. I said, well, son, you're going to believe what you want to believe. But kids have that in their mind, the greatness of their parent at a small age. But then as they get older, they, they start talking back and they start saying, I don't need your help. I can do that. And, and, and they, get, they, they forget how much they used to admire and look up 
and think, my mommy's the best. My daddy is the best. And I see it happening in the spirit realm the same way it happens in the biological realm. We have forgotten that our God is the best. Our Father is the best. Our Father can beat anything and is better than everything. Oh, I want you to take comfort if you can truly say, He is my Father. You got to get you a JJ spirit. Y'all don't remember JJ. See, some of y'all didn't grow up in the right time frame watching the right shows. Kid Dynamite. JJ was a coward, a blowhard, a scrawny dude that couldn't beat up his sister or his little brother. But he would talk cash trash when he was standing behind his daddy. All this, you remember that guy around all this? He was acting like, I, 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 James should have just stepped aside one time and said, go on ahead and get crushed. But when he knew his father was there, no fear. No, I told y'all, if y'all been around me long enough, y'all know. Man, I grew up idolizing John Amos. I thought this is the toughest human being on the planet. He got a nose this big, pointed like a spear. He'd stab you with his nose. He headbutts you. He'd kill you with his head, his nose. I mean, just a man's man. Uh, and when his father was there, mm, and he knew, and, and in reality is, he probably could. If y'all ever, I'm um, side note. If you ever watch Good Times and you see that episode where, where John, James, real name John, uh, James, where he slammed his hands down on that table and sc- screamed, Florida! My heart stopped beating, and I was in a living room thousands of miles away. But J.J. had no fear of the adversary when his daddy was present. Why can't we believe in our Heavenly Father that way? Why can't we believe how great it is? He knows my name. I belong to him. See, I don't know that there was anybody in this room. Maybe you were. I wasn't. I wasn't born uh, in, 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 into affluence. I wasn't born onto the right side of the tracks. I, I, I'm a product of the west side of Jacksonville, broken home, raised a lot by a single mother, a bad stepfather. I, I, I didn't have the greatest childhood. I, I didn't have a, a father to look up to. But when I got saved and I realized that the God of all heaven is my father, I got a daddy that's worth bragging on. And I want to tell you something, and you take it for what you want to take it for. Consider the word of the Lord, but I'll speak for me. I will not partner with the world to solve spiritual problems. Ain't no unsaved, ungodly, rapper, country music singer, rocker, pick whatever you want. Ain't nobody not preaching Jesus. Uh, I'm not following them into no battle. I'm not partnering with the world. to. to, uh, Listen, if you think the end justifies the means and you want to get in with the movement because the end result will be good, then you have missed God altogether. The end does not justify the means in God's eyes. you got to do it right from start to finish, or God is not in it. He's not partnering with foolishness. And I'm not going to partner with the world to solve spiritual problems because I, I saw it. Uh, 
somebody sent it to me. I, 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 don't, I don't love everything everybody sends me, but this, this was great. Somebody sent me this. Uh, it's about a nine-second clip of a former NFL football player, African-American man uh, on CNN, and the white lady asking him questions, and he had a foundation. They were promoting his foundation because he was out for social justice. And he talked for a few seconds, and then he, he called her name, whatever her name was, Mary. He said, uh, the, 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 the bottom line is we don't have a skin problem in this country. We have a sin problem. And the answer is not to be found in politics. The answer is to be found in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Bleep! And the screen went in vertical lines with, 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 with the rainbow color on. And she, and she, went, she went just like this. And I know you saw it because your wife sent it to me. Uh, uh, and, and, and the lady on CNN, she's like, and just like that, we lost him. Oh, we blaming that on technical difficulty? We're blaming that on technical difficulty? Or you just, you just, uh, you, you don't want the black man to speak about social justice? No, you were fine with the NFL retired football player with lots of money speaking about social justice. But as soon as he said what the real answer was, bleep! There's going to be so much to do made about this election coming up, and you need to vote. You need to register, you need to vote. It's part of your civic duty. And you need, to, you need to vote righteousness. You need to register to vote, you need to vote. But the answer is not going to be found in our next president. We have had back-to-back -back presidents right now that, that first time I ever saw it. I, I never heard, uh, lots of people didn't like George Bush. I never heard anybody say, George Bush, not my president. I, I didn't hear that until President Obama came out. All, all these rednecks saying, he's not my president. And me tell them, yes, he is. If you're living in this country, that's, that's your president. Uh, well, now that's come full circle, and now we got Donald Trump. A lot of people saying, uh, he's not my president. A couple more months. Uh, he sure is. I've never seen this level of division. The answer's not going to be in the next president. I mean, what are we going to get? We're going we're gonna to have the same guy um, that, that half the country hates, or we're going to get this other guy that can't finish a sentence without um, uh, and, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Now, I love the blooper reel. I love the blooper reel. Um, but uh, it, the answer's not I, I promise you this. Neither one of those guys had the answer for our country. Believe what you want to believe. Vote, vote, vote your conscience. Vote righteousness. Vote for whichever one of them you want to vote for. But they, 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 they can't solve the problems that we're facing. We need God. I hope you understand. We need God. I'm not telling you not to vote. I want you to vote. But we're not going to solve a sin problem with politicians. Ephesians 5, 8 says this. For you were once darkness, comma, pause. You believe that? If your testimony, if someone asks you how long you've been a Christian and you say, oh, I've always been saved, you are yet unsaved. Nobody always been saved but Jesus. Jesus said you must be born again. There has to come a time in your life where you have a supernatural encounter with the living God and you become possessed by the spirit of the living God and he changes you from the inside out. 
You got to have an encounter with God. You got to have a time where, where you got saved. Because if you work, you used to be this way, and now you're that way. The, the Bible says that the proof text, if anyone's in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things pass away, and all things become new. If you are saved, your testimony is, I used to be that way, but now I'm this way. Scripture says you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. And listen to this command. Walk as children of the light. Now, many times we'll see this reference to light talking about either God, His Spirit, or His Word. And if you are choosing your own course, and it differs from the Word of God, I want you to know whether I'm doing it, you're doing it, or your favorite Bishop Tutu, Reverend High Priest is doing it, then they've left the light and gone to the dark. And they're not honoring God at that level. Verse 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. If I saw somebody uh, say, they, they were quoting some, some ver- statement that's been quoted a billion times, uh, before you say something, check to see if it's true, if it's helpful, if it's necessary. That, that's all good. That, that, that's, that's good wisdom. Um, the Bible says that um, it's prudent to hold some things in. So, so, sometimes you ought to just say nothing. Remember what Mama said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, we, we've had that privilege taken from us now because now we're being screamed at, your silence is violence, and you, uh, you, you need to agree with us. But the whole, before you say something, check see if it's true, if it's necessary, if it's helpful, that's all good. Uh, but what the Bible says is that the fruit, now remember, the fruit exposes the root. The fruit is what visibly hangs in front of people's eyes that they can tell what's on the inside. I don't know trees. I grew up in Florida. I don't, I don't know what an apple tree looks like if it don't have apples hanging on it. I don't know what an orange tree looks like. I can't look at the bark or trunk of a tree and tell you what kind of tree it is, but if it got apples hanging on it, I know it's an apple tree. That's what fruit does. Fruit exposes the root. It lets you know what's on the inside of something. Fruit is what people can see on the outside that gives them an understanding of what is on the inside. And the thing that the world needs to see on the outside of Christians is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Don't you partner up with something that God wouldn't say is good, righteous, and Truth, verse 10 says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Now, we're a Bible church. Talk a lot about the Bible, about how to understand the Bible. We, we study the Bible deep at Abundant Life. Now, if God says that there is something that is acceptable to Him, then there must be what, Bible students? Something that's unacceptable. There are things that are acceptable to God, and there are things that are unacceptable to God. And churches in the name of building bigger buildings so pastors could cash bigger paychecks and live in bigger houses and drive better cars, they have catered, pandered to, watered down the acceptable truth of God to let anything go as long as folk put money in the bucket. There's always going to be an empty seat for you at Abundant Life. Because people don't line up to hear the truth. People line up to have their ears tickled. People line up to be told a smooth thing. There's an acceptable way and there is an unacceptable way. And it is time to get on the acceptable way.
And I don't see a lot of acceptable ways being talked about on TV, on news channels. It don't matter if you watch CNN or Fox. Well, I tell you what, I, I flip back and forth. I do. I watch as much of one as the other. I flip back and forth because it just, I, and I laugh because they'll be saying it one way. They'll be showing it one way on, on Fox uh, and another, show the exact same scene and say something totally different about it on CNN. They're showing this thing on uh, all these people walking around with, with AR-15 strapped on the back, uh, what, what, taking over the six-block city of Seattle made it into an autonomous zone where no cops can come in and no, no, no people can come, put barricades up, not letting, not letting police come, just took over the precinct, said it belongs to the people now, whose streets, our streets. That ain't them people's streets. They didn't lay that concrete. They didn't lay the sewage beneath it. Uh, they want to find out how autonomous they are. Wait till Seattle shuts off the electricity, cuts their cell phone system. They can't make their little posts on social media no more. Wait till they shut the water down. Whose water? Seattle's water. But they're showing that scene, exact same scene, and on Fox they're like, look at this rebellion, armed people uh, seizing the city of Seattle. Flip it over to CNN. CNN's over here. Look at these peaceful people drawing I love you signs and, and chalk art on the sidewalk. Uh, you know, uh, what, 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 um, exercising their Second Amendment rights but not, not shooting each other. You just took the same picture. One called it a hostile takeover, and the other one called it the, the, the summer of love. The mayor of Seattle said she don't care how long it goes on, that maybe we'll just have a summer of love, and it's a love in, and these people are doing a great thing. I, I saw the head union boss of the state of Texas police department. They asked him. They said, you know, uh, what, what, what if something like this happened in Texas? He said it couldn't. He said, we welcome it. If they want to try, come to Texas. He said, but I can tell you this right off. We don't tell cops to stand down in Texas. And we would have already called in the Texas Rangers and the National Guard, and they would have all already been shot or hauled off to prison by now. Well, that's just not right. Why? Because America is at a tipping point for those who hate authority. You want to look at sin? You want to look at the, the, the most against God thing that ever existed? I hope we can agree that Satan is against God. God cast the devil out of heaven because the devil stood up against authority. You know what the devil hated most about God? That God was in charge and he wasn't. And we've, we've come to this country of people who, who defy all authority, who don't want to be told what to do, and, and, and we're making bad good and good bad, and the world is upside down because nobody wants to let God's word stand. Well, I want to speak my truth. Well, it's time for me to do thus and so. It better be acceptable to the Lord or you put yourself on the wrong side. Verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We got pastors in this city saying it's time to join up with unbelievers to create justice in the earth, and God says never to partner with unbelievers. You can't mix clean with dirty and stay clean. 
And the Bible says to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12 says, For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. I want to tell you something. This country needs a change. This country needs to do better. This country needs an overhaul. Police need to do better. Citizens need to do better. Listen, everybody's talking about who needs to do better. Let me me help you. One one little piece right here. You you want to stay out of getting beat down? Uh, Don't break the law. Ain't that going to help somebody? Chris Rock said 20 years ago, he put a thing on, 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 on a comedy skit. Said nine different ways not to get beat up by a cop. And told the truth. But now we, 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 we're saying that all these people, hey, a lot of them are evil and they need to go. And every one of them that ever did something wrong, killed somebody unjustly, they need to be put in prison for the rest of their life. But for the church to divide over what's happening uh, to other people that have nothing to do with God or his kingdom is the plan of the devil. Go on and look at it. Go on and go home and look it up. If you didn't see it, last night the rioters burnt down a Wendy's in Atlanta. Burnt down a Wendy's hamburger franchise. Now I've looked into franchises. Just never wanted to go in that, that deep into debt. You got to put up over a million dollars to start a Wendy's. Shonda, how much is it for start a McDonald's? You got to put up over a million dollars to franchise that. Now, now, you know owners. You know the franchise owners. You've been working with these people for a long time. How heartbroken would your owner be if for no cause of his or her own, they just burnt down one of their franchises? That's their money. They're like, we're getting back at the man. No, you destroyed somebody. Wait till it comes out to owner that Wendy's was an African-American. Now what? They don't care. These rioters don't care. What happened? What happened? What had happened was man fell asleep in the Wendy's drive-thru, passed out. You're going to get the law called on you. Don't get so high you can't get through the drive-thru. Don't get so drunk you pass out at the wheel. You're going to get the law called on you, especially in Atlanta. They show up. Man fails the sobriety test. It's all online. You can see this. They got good cameras on this. This dude donkey stomped these two cops. Didn't he tear them up? He beat them like Mike Tyson to beat up a four-year-old. I'm talking about bam, bam, bam. He failed the sobriety test, and they thought, well, time to cuff him up. What? Not today. Not today. This grown man beat these two little white cops like they stole something, just stomped them in the dirt, stood up, snatched the taser. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, You got to really know something. You've seen these police belts. Uh all this stuff on it, one's a taser, one's a gun. It's not easy to tell which is which unless you know. I mean, I look at a cop, I look like he carried two guns. This dude snatched the taser off this cop and ran away. And when he turned around and shot that cop with that taser, take five guesses to what happened to him. Two more, bam, bam. Now what's going to happen? It's already been reported by CNN another unarmed black man was shot by a cop. 
Did you get that from the story I just gave you? And now so Atlanta's back on fire. Wendy's being burnt down. Listen, the solution to ending the corruption and the racism and the inequality in this country is not by siding with injustice. The devil wanted people, come with me. I, I, we ain't got to do what God says. Resisting and rebelling authority is going to get you bent. There's a way to battle because the system is bad and it needs to be changed. There's corrupt individuals inside the system and it needs to be changed. But there's corrupt people out there breaking laws that need to stop. And I'm going to tell you something. If you think you're going to point a, cop, a, a taser at a cop after you stole it off him and beat him up and shoot him with a taser and not catch lead, you've misunderstood how life works. And I saw that and I wept because I thought, oh, Lord. Doesn't matter how clear cut it is, and it's clear cut because every inch of it's on film. From, from him, uh, they, they couldn't get his hand. They need, they, they, well, they can't choke them out now, but y'all need to learn how to put handcuffs on somebody. I know you and your partner would have got him. Could not get this man's hands behind his back to cuff him up, and he's just steady punching them in the face, beating them up, snatching the taser, and running away. Clear cut is it. You turn around and you point anything. You point your ink pen at a cop. And I heard a cop say, because somebody said, well, why didn't the cop pull his taser? <laughs> and the guy on the news, he said, that's not how this works. He said, they're, they're, the, the law does not say to, to meet their force with an equal force. There's a force multiplier continuum. If, if they pull out a knife, uh, you know, you don't run to your car and get a knife and knife fight them. If they pull out a stick, you don't run into the woods and grab a stick and stick fight them. They got a gun for a reason. But as clear-cut as this is, just like the other one was clear-cut, I have not met one person, I have not met one person, I have not met one person who thought that that man uh, should have anything but prison for putting his knee on the neck of George Floyd. I ain't met one person that said that, that should have happened that way. I ain't met one person that said that that was good or acceptable. But we're going to get some debate over this. When it's as clear-cut as it should be, there are going to be people saying, he didn't do nothing worthy. And other people are going to say, you know, you, you don't do the crime if you can't do the time. But I saw that and I thought, oh, Jesus, this is going to affect the church. And I told you all, pray for me. Pray for me because I got the devil on one shoulder and God on the other. God telling me, stay the course, son. And the devil telling me, you've worked your whole life for racial equality inside the church. And it's all slipping away. White people running to their white corner. Black people running to their black corner. And I've been telling y'all for years that when the Bible says we and us, it is talking about Christians. They and them is non-Christians. We live in a country that was founded on sin and racism and inequality and injustice and it still reigns to this day. But the answer is not becoming we with unrighteousness. These pastors that are saying we need to join up 
with, 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 with ungodly, unsaved people to get the better end, that is, that is not the way. We need to stay acceptable to God. We cannot partner with unrighteousness. Psalm 1-1 said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I've told you before, I believe in nonviolent protests. I believe in showing up and letting your voice be known and enough is enough and things need to change. But the moment that that turns into criminal activity, good people got to go. That ain't the moment to pick up rocks and tear stuff up. You don't stand in the path of sinners. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 says, but we command you. Doesn't say we, we give you our opinion. It says we command you, brethren. Who's this verse talking to? If you're saved, if you're a Christian in this room, this is the command of God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. I don't care. If they claim to be unsaved, we already saw in the opening text, you can't make partner with, 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 with an unbeliever. Okay? You, you, listen, if we're going to march and we're going to protest, we need to march as the body of Christ. Not with a bunch of ungodly people out there tearing stuff up. And even if they claim that they're a Christian, even if they say that they're a brother, you got to withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not after the tradition which he received from us. Now remember, in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, there were at least 16 countries by name, 16 different languages, 16 different nationalities that were all there that started the first century church together. They didn't speak the same language. They didn't come from the same cultural background. They were different ethnic groups. They were different racial groups. They, they, they had different ideologies. They had been at war with each other. Study that list of names, those 16 countries in, in Acts chapter 2 and, and see they, they were, there were groups that had enslaved and oppressed other groups. But when they came to Christ, they became the weak. And I don't know what it's going to have to take. And I, I am determined with, with, with all of the energy I have, and I hope you will help me, to continue to tell people that no matter what background we are, red, yellow, black, white, Young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, no matter what our background is, north, south, east, west, different country, doesn't matter where we come from, what we thought, what we've been through, that if you are a child of God and I am a child of God, we are the family of God. And we need to stick together. Because joining in with rebel rousers is not honoring God. He's already told us, don't get in there with lost people. Don't even get in there with, 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 with people who are brothers. Uh, you look at the history of the first century church. Paul was killing people for believing in Jesus. And then six months later, no, three years later, he was the bishop over the whole earth. He's sitting in churches Telling people, hear the word of the Lord. Could you imagine? Karen and Richard on the front. Could you imagine 
dude comes in. Here comes Paul. Y'all first century Jews that have become Christians. And, and, and then Paul comes guest speaker at your church. And she leans over and says, isn't that the same guy that had your mother and father executed for b- believing in Jesus? Now he's going to talk Jesus? Y'all don't think that was hard for people to listen to Paul? He was the oppressor. He was the murderer. He was the one that brought the papers to have churches, Christians executed. And then three and a half years later, he's preaching to every church, telling them to hear what I say. And the word to them then was, he's part of your we. How do we make that happen? How do we make that happen? I've, had, I've, I've pulled white people off to the side in this church and said, why? Because if I joke about it, I've probably seen it. Y'all hear me joke about white women pulling their purse close to them and looking at a black person walking by them? I've asked them, are you scared of the membership of our church? They're going to steal from you? And, 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 and this is a testimony. Well, you don't know what I went through one day. I was robbed. I'm like, okay, was it by that person? And even if it was by that person, because Paul was that person, is that person now saved and your brother in Christ? And people holding on to past offense and, 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 and weeing up with this side and theying up with that side. You got to determine who your we is. Second Thessalonians 3.14 says, And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. You got you to start letting people know that ain't the way, dog. That's not the Christian way. That's not how we're going to do it. Well, they're my enemy. Well, what did Jesus say to do to your enemy? We, are ex- we have no leg to stand on in the body of Christ for this foolishness. There is no way a Christian can say, but this, but that, but you don't know. But I seen, but I did, but they did, but it happened, and it's over, and blah, blah, blah. Listen, we got the whole world right now saying prayer don't work. It's time to do different. I come today to tell you prayer does work. And anybody that doesn't believe that is a liar, and they are not on the side of God. We're going to pray our way through this. We're going to protest peacefully. We're going to join in with Christian movements, and we are going to avoid non-Christian movements. They do not have the heart of our Father. 2 John 1.10 says, If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partaker in their evil work. My heart was broken. I saw a young man on his own social media throwing rocks through glass. Former member of this church. Loved his, still we comment on each other's page to this day. Loved this young man. (sighs) Caught up in his emotions. Joined in with the wrong group of people trying to get the right solution. Listen, the right solution is change the system. The right solution is get rid of the bad system and the cops. The right, solu- the right solution is reform. 
But doing it in the wrong way brings no glory to God. You partner up with this crowd of people, you become partaker in the evil work. This is the word of the Lord. 1 Peter 4, 17 says, For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? I believe this with all my heart. I believe that the judgment that needs to happen on all of this unrighteousness. People are saying it's time. It's past time. How, how, how can a nation wait 400 years to respect a group of people? It's been past time for reform. It's been past time. To say it's time, that's insulting. There never should have been a time that it was anything other than that. But God's way is for judgment to begin in God's house. I don't just want, listen, they shut down I-75 uh, last night after this shooting. I, hey, I hope I don't ever have a crowd of people banging on my car on an interstate somewhere. Because then I got a choice to make. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't care how big and bad you are. You ain't pulling me out of my multi-thousand pound car with a gas pedal and, and a twin turbo engine in it. The system needs to change. I don't just want it to die down. See, this, this is what happens. It dies down, it flares back up. It dies down, it flares back up. It dies down, it flares back up. It dies down. I don't want it just to die down and flare back up. I want God to bring healing. But the real judgment, no justice, no peace. Let's go with that. But let's take it on as an individual. You should have no peace in your life until you're living a just life before a holy God. See, when I hear no justice, no peace, what, what, what's being said is if, if, if this group of people don't get the justice they want, they're going to create bad on everybody else. That's not found anywhere in the Scripture. Even if they're your enemy, you're supposed to love them. Even if they're oppressors, you, you, you're, not, you're not supposed to violate God's commandment. Love wins. Dr. King said, you can't conquer hate with hate. And you cannot. It doesn't matter what hasn't worked for how long. The wrong way doesn't become the right way. Be like me driving to Gail's uncle's house in Pennsylvania. And the kids are like, Dad, it's, it's been a long time. We ain't got there yet. Let's try a different route. Turn left. No, it's a long road. I wish we could get there quicker. But changing direction ain't going to get us there at all. Church is the place where judgment needs to begin. And no justice, no peace. Why do we want justice from other people? But we don't live a just life before a holy God ourselves. I've been seeing for years people leaving churches. I was offended. Elder Jimmy walked past me, didn't shake my hand. That offended me. Well, how many hands did you shake? Well, I was just, I'm offended 
at sister so-and-so. She just has a wicked spirit on her. Well, how do you feel about your own gossip, judgmentalism, and negativity? What, what makes people think it's, it's, it's cool to, to, to be mad at somebody else's lack of godliness, but they ain't mad at their own lack of godliness? It just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And to expect decent behavior out of wicked people is a fool's game. When we can't even get decent behavior out of God's people. Judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. Do you love your enemy? Do you pray for your enemy? Do you bless those who curse you? I'm tired of all that. Oh, I'm sorry, you're tired of doing what Jesus said? Okay. I'm tired of so much. I wish I could make it go away, but I can't. But if we don't start looking in the mirror and becoming better children of God, then we can just throw all the rocks we want to. Scream, holler, act a fool, burn the whole city down. You think that's going to create a change? Hate is growing. And hate begets hate. Violence begets violence. And the people in Seattle, they're going to learn a hard lesson. Because ultimately, they're going to get bulldozed. Don't get caught up being mad. Why is it so easy to be mad at other people's sin, but you don't care about your own? Why is it so mad to say they shouldn't do this, this, and this when you're doing that, that, and the other? The word of the Lord. The time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. I didn't even put it on my notes. You've seen it so many times. 2 Corinthians 7, 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, then... Will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and bring healing to their land? We're waiting on the other side to turn. We're waiting on the other side to turn. We're waiting on the unsaved people to get better and to treat better and to act better and to do better. When God said, if my people, well, I want them to get right first. It's not what God said. I've seen so many marriage counseling situations where, where the wife said, well, I ain't going to do this till he does that. And he's like, well, I ain't going to do this till you do that. Stalemate. Stalemate. Nothing gets better that way. What needs to happen is those who name the name of Jesus draw a line in the sand and says, I will not hate I will not fight. I will not demand my own way. I will repent and I will follow God. And wherever he leads, that's where I'm going to follow. I believe the answer is found in repentance. But I'm going to leave you with this. Your enemy is not going to repent. Your enemy wants you dead. 
Your enemy is not going to repent. Ungodly, demonic, hateful, racist, evil, murderous, villainous people are not going to repent. God said the first repentance has to happen inside his house. So where are you at? Where are you at with all this? Last verse I'm going to read is the first verse out of the opening text. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch the filthy things, and I will welcome you. We got to be different. We got to do different. And if it doesn't work in our lifetime, we do different anyway. If it doesn't work for us, we do different anyway. That's why Jews don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Because they thought the Messiah was going to set up a kingdom and free them from their slavery and their oppression from the Roman government. And when that didn't happen, they said, well, he's not the Messiah. And the Jews are still looking for Messiah to come because they want a Messiah who will free them from their pain. And those of us who are saved realize and are thankful that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, freed us from our sin. You can be free from hatred. You can be free from bitterness. You can be free from animosity. That's not to say you can't hurt. It's not to say you can't be angry. What's the Bible say? Be angry and sin not. There's things going on right now that people ought to be upset about. But the answer is not found in unrighteousness. It has to be acceptable to God. And I believe this. I believe if 10 people in this room would just repent, sell out, just decide, I'm going to be the man or woman, the young person God wants me to be. If the whole rest of the world stays crazy and never changes, I'm going to live my life for God no matter what. God said that's what will move heaven on our behalf is when his people repent. There's a healing that needs to happen. and It's long overdue. It's not going to come through anger. It's only going to come through repentance. So I offer you the option today to cast your care on God. I offer you the option today to choose righteousness and to say, as the Scripture says, that the answer will not be found in worldly ways. Because the real problem is a sin problem. And it's not the sin. Here's the trick of the devil to say it's what they're doing. It's their sin. It's their wrong. They're wrong. They're doing. And, and, and they are. And it is. But we don't get to choose that excuse as God's people. It's still on us to repent. Do you pray enough? Think in your own mind. Do you pray enough? Do you study the Bible enough? Do you serve God enough? Are you doing more for God than He's done for you? Do you witness enough? Do you do enough ministry? Are you doing so much God ought to brag on you? 
I believe that I can do better. And I want to do better. Because I can sit back and get upset about everything that's going on. And be angry with other people. Or if I really take a close personal look at me. Then I got to do what everybody that ever took a look at themselves had to do. Is get on my knees. And say, woe is me. I got my own issues. Let's get better. Let's do better. Let's do what God says. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing to our land. And I pray that judgment would start in this place. God, I pray for healing from hurt and from pain. God, I pray that you would deliver people in this room from racism and hatred from bitterness and anger, from bias, from unforgiveness, refusal to love everyone. You told us to love everyone, God. And God, I pray that you'd help us to understand that until we truly are loving everyone, we have no right to blame someone for not loving us. Help us, God, to choose your way over our way. God, I pray that you would bring revival and repentance to the house of God. God, I pray that you would keep us from joining forces with unsaved people. You've clearly said in your word that is not your way. Let us choose your way, God, and let us move forward on our knees, knowing that you are our hope and you are our provider. God, I pray for people who are hurting all over this world people who have a reason to be upset that you would bring comfort by your spirit and help us to do even as your word tells us to endure hardness and not to seek our own revenge in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.